You are tuned to KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. It's 6 p.m. Thursday, September 15th. I'm Joyce Miller, and this is the KVMR Evening News. It's a big victory for Governor Gavin Newsom as his bill creating a mental health court becomes law. Other potential laws, ones that would further legalize gambling, for instance, and tax the rich to tackle climate change, Await your vote in November. The California report finds that factions are staking out their positions and the money is rolling in. After regional news and weather, KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza helps us make sense of the air quality numbers. We end with an essay by Molly Fisk. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Governor Gavin Newsom celebrated a major legislative accomplishment yesterday. He signed his CARE Court bill into law, which seeks to improve mental health care in California, especially for people who are homeless with severe mental illnesses. But there are many critics of the proposal. KQED's Aaron Baldessari reports. Six months ago, Governor Gavin Newsom stood outside the offices of a San Jose nonprofit to introduce a sweeping overhaul of the state's mental health care system. Yesterday, he returned. Let's get on up here and sign this legislation uh, and celebrate everybody's hard work and success. Newsom says Care Court will change how the state oversees treatment for people diagnosed with schizophrenia and other psychotic disorders. People who often cycle between homelessness, emergency rooms and jails. He says success for the program will mean fewer people suffering from mental health crises on the streets. That's what it looks like. Someone whose life was turned around, not someone whose life was disposed of and became a statistic in the name of compassion, in the name of the status quo. The legislature overwhelmingly voted to support their proposal despite vehement opposition from disability rights and social justice groups. They've blasted the plan as coercive because it uses a court system to enforce treatment and say it doesn't create new housing or services. James Birch is the policy director for the Anti-Police Terror Project, part of a statewide coalition opposing care courts. To pass and sign legislation that assumes that our systems can accommodate thousands more when we're already getting a failing grade at accommodating those who need services right now, It's really disheartening. Newsom says there's still hard work to come to make the program a reality. Seven counties in California are expected to implement the new court system by October next year, with the remaining in 2024. For the California Report, I'm Aaron Baldessari. In November, California voters will vote on Proposition 30. It's a clean air initiative that would tax California's wealthiest residents to pay for electric car rebates and infrastructure. Right now, it has a majority support among likely voters, according to a new survey from the Public Policy Institute of California. But despite his green, climate change-fighting agenda, Governor Newsom doesn't support Prop 30. KQED's climate editor Kevin Stark reports. The campaigns over Proposition 30 are intensifying. Californians will vote this fall on the ballot measure, which would tax millionaires to fund electric car incentives and infrastructure. The measure has generated major debate, breaking old alliances and joining Governor Gavin Newsom with conservative groups in this state. Newsom opposes Prop 30 and recorded an ad that says it is really a taxpayer giveaway to Lyft, which responded by dumping $10 million into the S side. Yes 
Mayor Libby Schaff and fellow Democrats rallied in support of the measure in Oakland, saying climate change and pollution are killing Californians. 30 will fix that. Prop 30 is an innovative measure that all Californians must support as if their lives depend on it. Assemblymember Buffy Wicks grew up near where the monstrous mosquito fire is burning. The community I grew up in, in Forest Hill, is at threat of being completely wiped off the face of the earth right now. For me, that compels me to take action and to ask everyone to take action on this really critical issue. Lyft's president spoke too. He said environmentalists, not the company, devised the measure. For the California Report, I'm Kevin Stark. And more proposition and public opinion news. A majority of likely California voters say they plan to reject a ballot measure this fall that would legalize online sports betting in the state. That's according to that same PPIC poll. KQED politics reporter Gar Marzorati has more about that. 54% of likely voters say they'll vote no on Proposition 27, which would allow adults in California to wager on their phones and computers through apps like DraftKings and FanDuel. Supporters and opponents have already shelled out more than $260 million, making it the most expensive ballot measure campaign in state history. But the stakes don't seem as high for California voters. Just 29% say the outcome of Prop 27 is very important to them. The PPIC poll did not ask about Proposition 26, also on the November ballot, which would legalize sports betting at Native American tribal casinos. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, working to build a more effective, compassionate, and just healthcare system. On the web at chcf.org slash health dash equity. Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors, like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute. Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel Falcor 2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration, on the web at schmidtocean.org. And challenges for renters. Los Angeles County has approved a plan to formally end COVID-19 tenant protections at the end of the year. The three to two decision means that after December 31st, many renters in the county will no longer be protected from eviction if they fail to pay their rent, even if they claim economic hardship due to the ongoing pandemic. Supervisor Catherine Barger, who introduced the motion, says ending the eviction moratorium is necessary at this point in time. We've tried to be understanding, recognizing that there are those that were negatively impacted during COVID that if not for this moratorium would have been out on the streets. But I think now, given the resources we put into play, the financial resources to help those both tenants and landlords to collect back rent, it's time for us to begin moving forward. Supervisor Sheila Kuehl was one of the two no votes on the board. While she agreed that eviction protections for people who can't pay rent should end, she was concerned about what canceling other protections might mean for renters. What are we going to tell our 88 cities? Sorry, we are no longer going to keep your landlords from kicking people out for having an extra animal, which is one of the protections that will be done away with. Sorry, we are not going to any longer protect your tenants from being kicked out because their aunt needed to move in because they lost their place. 
Now, tenants and tenant activists have argued there should be stronger permanent protections in place before the rules are lifted, while landlords say the moratorium has cost them massive amounts of money. And that's the California Report for Thursday, September 15th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. In regional news, the Mosquito Fire is now the state's largest wildfire of the year, mapped at 64,159 acres, about 100 square miles. Today, it's holding at 20% containment. With the latest flare-ups, its acreage has overtaken July's McKinney Fire in Siskiyou County. Cal Fire stated this morning that firefighters have been successful in holding the control lines along the Placer County communities of Forest Hill and Todd Valley, helped by easing winds and higher humidity. Stronger winds are predicted for this weekend ahead of an incoming system that could include rain. Slightly cooler temperatures today with lighter southwest winds are expected to provide clear air over the fire area. Current evacuation orders and warnings continue, and no evacuees have been given the official word to return home. According to Ubinet.com, Caltrans is alerting drivers on State Route 49 of a new wildfire fuel reduction effort to address overgrown vegetation in Nevada County between Limekiln Road and McKnight Way. Fuel reduction activities are expected to occur along the six-mile stretch of highway between 7 a.m. and 5 p.m. on weekdays. Most work will be on the shoulder, and Caltrans says it shouldn't be too disruptive except for short traffic holds during large tree removal operations. The Nevada County Superintendent of Schools is hosting a Latino family festival until 8 this evening at the Condon Park Barbecue Pavilion in Grass Valley. Spearheaded by the Latino Outreach Program of the Grass Valley Family Resource Center, the event aims to connect the Latino community to resources and services available to children and families in western Nevada County. Nonprofit organizations will be promoting their services, and there will be mariachi music, dance, face painting, balloons, snow cones, and popcorn. Turning to the regional forecast from the National Weather Service and air quality data from purpleair.com, we're in the midst of a cooling trend with wind, a chance of rain, and a side of smoke. Wildfire smoke will persist over portions of Northern California, mainly in the foothills and mountains. Wind gusts of 20 to 30 miles per hour are expected in much of our area Saturday into Sunday, followed by a chance of widespread showers late Saturday into early next week. It will be clear tonight in Nevada City and Grass Valley, with a low around 49 and widespread haze developing after 5 a.m. This afternoon, the air quality index was averaging around 150, which could cause serious health effects for sensitive people. With wildfire smoke and unstable weather, keep in mind air quality measurements can shift quickly. Friday in our area, widespread haze is expected before 9 a.m., then sunny skies with a high near 77. Friday night will be mostly clear with a low around 52. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe tonight, it will be mostly clear with areas of smoke and a low around 36. The air quality index in Truckee this afternoon was averaging around 150, but spots off Interstate 80, including Soda Springs and Kingvale, were measuring in the 400s. Communities around Lake Tahoe were measuring in the teens. Friday in the greater Tahoe area will be sunny with a high near 69. Areas of smoke and haze are expected midday Friday 
and the afternoon will see west winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour with gusts up to 20 miles per hour. Friday night will be mostly clear with a low of 33 and light winds. In Sacramento and Woodland tonight, mostly clear with a low in the mid-50s. The air quality index this afternoon was averaging in the 60s, which is considered acceptable. Friday will be sunny with a high near 84 and a low of 57. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. If you're one of those people who's been going online to obsessively check the air quality numbers in the past few days, well, you've got plenty of company. But maybe you're confused by all the different maps, or the number on your phone app looks good, but the smoke seems terrible. Next, KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza comes to your rescue with part one of his conversation with Julie Hunter, air pollution control specialist for the Northern Sierra Air Quality Management District. Can we start just really basic question? What is AQI? Easily said, the AQI, think of it as kind of um, a yardstick. Uh, the air quality index is a scale that's used to inform the public of the current and or forecasted air quality. So um, it runs from zero to 500, the higher air quality index value, the greater the level of pollution and the greater the health, health concern. So for example, an air quality index of 50 or below represents good air quality, while an air quality average over 300 represents hazardous air quality. Um, air quality is divided into six different categories and it corresponds to a different level of health concern for each category. It is divided into colors as I'm sure most people are aware. So people can quickly determine whether, um, whether or not the air quality is reaching unhealthy levels. So the air districts, the various air districts around say California are the ones that are calculating the AQI. Yeah, we all utilize instrumentations that are regulated and approved by the Environmental Protection Agency. So we are all using these monitors that have to be approved by the EPA. And we locate them throughout the communities that we're responsible for. In this case, uh, Northern Sierra is responsible for Plumas, Sierra, and Nevada counties. So we have PM 2.5 monitors located throughout those counties. Throughout California, depending on the population, depending on the number of counties that is under the jurisdiction of that particular uh, air quality district, it will depend on how many monitors need to be put out into those communities. And also population plays a big role. Previous pollution plays a big role depending on if they're in an attainment or a non-attainment, will lead to the amount of monitors and the type of monitors that need to be placed throughout the air quality districts. I have noticed when looking around, sometimes they're, they're, they're kind of all over. There's quite a difference. Okay, yeah, good, good question. And this comes up all the time. Sometimes when your phone is reading good, but you can smell it. So wildfire smoke, as we all know, changes rapidly. It can come in within a matter of 15 minutes and blow out within a matter of 15 minutes as well. Our instruments, our regulatory instruments, the one that I was telling you that the Air District deploys based on what's called our, our network plan for the Environmental Protection Agency, those instruments sample for 50 minutes 
So they're pulling air in for a total of 50 minutes. Then that, um, that measurement is taken inside of the instrument. And then at like right on the hour, it is actually the concentration is measured. And then that concentration is not sent out to the air districts or air now or EPA until about 10 or 15 minutes past the hour. That's why there's that lag time on those regulatory monitors. So if you utilize a fire and smoke map, those squares, you're going to see three different shapes on the fire and smoke map. The circles Real are- quick, I'm sorry to interrupt. What did you call it? The smoke and the map that you were talking about just now? It's called fire and smoke map. So the website is fire.airnow.gov. So that's the one that you're referring to about circles and squares. Correct. I'll let you go on. Thank you for that. This map to me is probably one of my biggest tools. So you will see three different shapes on there. And I believe there's a legend in there. There should be. The circles are the permanent regulatory monitors. Triangles are going to be uh, temporary monitors that are deployed by air resource advisors or districts that are experiencing smoke impacts so that they can better communicate smoke impacts. Those are not regulatory monitors. They're only used for public information. And then the squares that you see on the fire and smoke map are the purple airs that citizens or districts have deployed. And what has happened is uh, EPA has done uh, a quality assurance, quality, a QAQC check on the purple airs that have been deployed. And if they meet a specific criteria, they will be populated on to that map. Now, sometimes because the purple airs um, have two sensors, you, you'll notice the difference between the fire and smoke map versus the purpleair.com map. And those purple airs are reading uh, PM 2.5 concentrations about every three minutes, I believe. That's pretty quick. And then you can capture some of that rapid changing. But what we're um, this is where things get a little bit complicated is the Environmental Protection Agency National Ambient Air Quality Standards, also referred to as the NACS, um, does not have a one-hour average for PM2.5, which means they have there is a 24-hour average for PM2.5. Um, so, so those are, that's kind of the rules we have to go by in order to maintain attainment status. So really that hourly measurement that you're seeing, either from the circles or the squares or the triangles, you, you can look at them on the fire and smoke map and they correlate very well. So I, I would just I would just encourage folks to utilize the fire and smoke map, but then they can also utilize the purpleair.com map if if there is rapid changes in the area. But then again, if you see or you smell smoke, you know, if you're standing in smoke, you you know you're in smoke. You probably have a headache and your eyes are itchy. You don't need something, an app on your phone to tell you it's not good air quality. You Use your senses. Like if you see it or smell it, take these precautions. You can hear the second part of Claudio's interview with Julie Hunter on tomorrow night's KVMR Evening News. And now, Molly Fisk. Molly Fisk, Observations from a Working Poet. If you grew up in California, you know our state flower is the California poppy. 
and the state bird is the California quail. Sometimes I wonder if these names were a way to teach kids how to spell California in grammar school, but there's probably a scientific explanation. Maybe this quail and poppy are found only in California. I'm going to let you look that up if you need to know. I hate research. See, I've spelled California six times in only one paragraph and didn't have to use the dictionary. I'm pretty sure I peaked in the seventh grade. One of my favorite poems is called A Primer by Bob Hickok, which describes the state of Michigan, even though he now lives unaccountably in Virginia. It is a wild and crazy poem that includes the lines, The state bird is a chained factory gate. The state flower is Lake Superior. I mention this because we have a new and dreadful fire 20 miles from my town, and airplanes are zooming over our heads when the smoke isn't too thick to drop retardant onto the flames. I keep seeing dramatic photographs, the planes huge and flying low over treetops, with a long trail of the dark magenta-red chemicals billowing out behind them, all captioned, The New State Bird of California. It's been a lucky summer for most of us, but now the fire is licking at small towns we know, and smoke is choking our streets. My house would never be called airtight, which I know best in the early mornings when particulate matter has weaseled its way through chinks I can't see to speckle shafts of orange sunlight and coat the countertops as if I still had a functioning wood stove and it were winter. It is not winter, but it is autumn, despite last week's temperatures in the hundreds, and autumn is California's fire season. The heat kept many of us indoors, and then the smoke arrived. My body and psyche had forgotten how bad it all feels, how impossible and permanent. When a southwest wind blows the inversion over to Reno at midday, I am reborn for an hour. But then I wonder what will become of us, whether I should move to another landscape, and how close the fire has gotten to Beth's house in Forest Hill. All this makes it hard for me to focus on what I'm supposed to be doing, pulling a book of essays together, finding more coaching clients, unpinning my smoke-scented clothes from the line. I don't know what to tell you. Rilke said, try to love the questions themselves. But I don't want to love them. I want to solve them and send them packing. Jack Cornfield and his friends are all about chop wood, carry water, or after the ecstasy, the laundry. None of this is helpful in my white American middle-aged middle-class opinion. I want some new slogans. I just don't know what they are. Maybe after the entitled complaining, lots of rainfall. If you think of something comforting, please send it along to us at KVMR. Award-winning poet Molly Fisk writes, coaches, and teaches writing in California's Sierra Nevada foothills. You can reach her at mollyfisk.com. This program is produced at the studios of KVMR-FM, Nevada City, California. Funding is provided by Harmony Books of Downtown Nevada City and KVMR with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. That's our newscast. KVMR Community Radio gets support from Sierra Moon, family-owned in Old Town Auburn. Customers can work closely with a jewelry designer to help create a one-of-a-kind piece. 
Also specializing in jewelry repair and bridal designs, sierramoongoldsmiths.com and SBL Entertainment, presenting Buddy Guy, Wednesday, September 21st, Guapale, Friday, September 23rd, and Judy Collins, Wednesday, September 28th, all at the Crest Theater, Sacramento. Showtimes and information at sblentertainment.com. This is Joyce Miller signing off. Join us Friday at 6 for another edition of the KVMR Evening News. Thank you.